0: It's a bad time,
1: this time of year. How many times is he going to tell this story?
0: Oh, let him tell it. I love fairy tales. This ain't no fairy tale, little girl. If you don't take it seriously, you're a fool. <laughs> the first Valentine's Dance in 20 years has to be something special.
1: So. Oh, You've got to get a lot of exercise if you're going to
2: grapple with Gretchen. Oh, yeah?
0: Well, I got a valentine for her that she's never going to forget. Right to the heart, huh? In this town on Valentine's Day, everybody loses their heart. Roses are red, violets are blue. One is dead, and so are you. It can't be happening again. No. It can't be happening again.
2: What's going on over in Valentine Bluffs? It looks like Harry Warden's back in town. No. It happened once, no. it happened twice. No. Cancel the dance, or it'll happen thrice. No. listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight! Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site Intermission, number 44. And I'm your host, Lee. Roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and so are you, Russell. And uh, I am joined by the returning Paul. It happened once, it happened twice. Cancel the dance, or it'll happen thrice from Ali. How you doing, sir? you
1: you doing? Good, good. Glad to be here. Glad to be back in the mix yeah. of it on this October day.
2: Yeah, we're going to kick out a couple of uh, bonus episodes uh, for you guys to listen to. And uh, always try to, even when our schedules aren't working too well, we try to get Paul in, at least for some fucking horror shit on on the October. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing that. Um, We're going to be talking about My Bloody Valentine from 1981. And, uh, yeah, some slasher goodness, I think. Uh, I I don't think we're going to say any too many negative things about this one Just you know spoilers ahead yeah <laughs> uh but yeah we're gonna get into it right after a quick break and uh talk about the film
0: <gasps> new movie reviews all the time see if these films age just like a fine wine oh no we'll jack it up again tv games and more with them Rotten Tomatoes and IMGb are all the rage, but we'll lock those critics up in one cage. The Jacked Up Review Show,
1: every Wednesday evening on Spotify, Podbean, Anchor, and other available podcast apps.
0: A
2: uh, Okay, My Bloody Valentine, 1981, aka The Secret, mm-hmm. Valentine of Blood. Uh, directed by George Malaka, we have covered one of his films before on this film uh, on this podcast uh, rather, uh, "Pickup Summer" or "Pinball Summer" from 1980, which is a you know American-Canadian co-production sex comedy kind of thing. And he's done all kinds of stuff. Like he's one of these like journeyman Canadian directors who went on to do like a lot of Canadian TV and stuff like that and he has done a couple other like horror films uh, along the way not a lot of horror after this though um but he did something called uh, eternal evil from 1985 which apparently is a film about astral projection of some sort and then he did one called the psychic in 1991 so um the psychic uh, I know there's that
1: uh uh Folge film the psychic so it must be right. different
2: the psychic yes this is a different one yeah copyright uh, yeah. I'm sure Falci will be ready to sue him it's interesting uh, that he started with like sex
1: comedies because like uh uh what was it the um Joe Dante had a sex comedy he did way back then before he did piranha it was a sex co- like you know, weird comedy thing and then uh um what's his name uh Joe, John Russo who well, I'll be meeting tomorrow he did uh, the booby hatch that kind of okay. sex comedy kind of thing stuff like that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was probably just kind of a symptom of, hey, the Canadian tax shelter system and what was popular at the time, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you could make like you know, sex comedies were hitting off just at the same time slashers were. Yeah. And so, like, moved, you know, look at get- trauma. Trauma mm-hmm. even did that, too, you know? Yeah. 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 Coming and taking off at the same time. I think I think it was on like the merits of uh, pick up summer that he actually got this job too. Like they liked the the money that that film made and how well it was done, and it's a pretty decent sex comedy. Like it, it, it's not just a cheap bottom of the barrel piece of shit. So, right. So they, you know, he he kind of got that uh, this film on the merits of doing that film, um, and I mean, you know. It's just a natural. It's a natural transition. This is like we we got some sex comedies we do around this time, and we do some slasher films too because they're popular and even more popular slasher films with a holiday fucking theme too. Right? right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I
1: guess like, Friday the Thirteenth, like from Paramount, they that came out literally the year
2: before, mm-hmm. and this is supposed to be Saturday the Fourteenth, so it was like yeah, a runner yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh writers here we got Stephen a miller and he didn't really do a whole lot that i could recognize but the other writer uh john beard um he has a credit on happy birthday to me so he went on to do some wow. more slasher stuff
1: 1981 and, happy birthday to me
2: yeah yeah so there you go go through the cast here really quick i won't do our usual because this is an intermission of course we won't do our usual deep dive on the cast anyone pops up that you have anything to say about paul uh, feel free to jump in we got paul kelman as tom jesse tj herringer uh we got laurie Hollier as sarah mercer neil affleck is axel palmer cynthia dale is patty Don Franks as Chief Jake Newby, and I argue like if this movie had the money, they should have got like Gordon Pinson to play this guy. Not that he's bad, yeah. It's just like I was every all the every time I saw him, it was like you know Gordon Pinson could have like walked in here and just like walked away with this film if he wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he you know he's a East Coast boy, so it would have been perfect. Keith Knight as Hollis, Alf Humphreys as Howard Landers, Terry Waterland as Harriet. Uh, Thomas Kovacs as Mike Stavinsky, Helen Udi as Sylvia. We have talked about her before on a couple of uh, episodes, um, at least at least one or two. She she was in all kinds of like Canadian horror films and sex comedies around this time, so uh, okay, pretty prolific. Peter Cowber as Harry Warden or the minor, and uh, there you go. Uh, little he was enough, of age. What's that? He was of age. He was of age. Yeah, he's not a minor. <laughs> is
0: a
1: miner. Yeah. The minor miner. The minor
2: miner ended up being the killer miner, but it was a miner at the time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um so we got a synopsis here written by someone called Grant S on IMDb and it says Valentine's Day is coming around and the young people of the small mining town of Valentine Bluff, Valentine's Bluffs. And by the way, there there would never be a maritime uh town called Valentine's Bluffs. I'm just just putting that out there, and not not a not the kind of naming scheme that happens around here in the East Coast.
1: Every but. time I hear the word bluffs or something like that in a movie, I always think of Dead and
2: Buried. Yeah, and in, you know it's it's got that same coastal feel too. Dead yes, buried yeah. yeah. But um, the
1: thing is, I always get a kick out of this film. Was I watched this when I was young and before I knew all you bastards, and I'm mm-hmm. like. These guys are Canadian. This isn't an American film. Like, I. the thing is, like, all these slashers are always supposed to be proto-American. Like, you know, like, oh, it's yeah. in, it's in. Clearly not. But like, you know, I've seen many with Canadian accents where it says, "Oh, it's in New York." No, it's not. And yeah. then I, I find out the fucking thing was in. I was like, "This must be in Nova Scotia or something." And then I found uh-huh. out it was never said it was in America or Canada. It Just says Valentine's Bluff, and they all shot Nova Scotia. And I was like, mind blown.
2: Yeah. Wow. I, uh- I always, I always just watch it with the thought that, okay, it's actually set in, in Canada. Like, they, and you're right. They never really say it. And like, mm-hmm. I guess, and you know, and they're d- deliberately like being aloof of, of that because, you know, they want to sell it to an American audience too. Cause right. like, what Americans are going to want to watch a Canadian small town uh, drama. I'll you, you get Axel out of there and you wouldn't tell. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Axel is like huge Canadian accent. Yeah, there's there's a couple other people in here, but like a lot of them like kind of sort of move more towards like straight up Irish, you know. So so you yeah. can like you can you can go like you know East Coast USA. There's there's plenty of like people with Irish accents for sure. So, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no. Axel is very canadian like i'm very, sorry
1: i'm like oh yeah. <laughs> every time
2: and there's a few other canadian accents that accents that kind of slip in but yeah axel is the most egregious
1: he is yeah. the one that that is just full-fledged yeah mr mr um, uh, i look 39 but are supposed to be hanging out with the 20 year olds with his mm-hmm. m- massive mustache he gets it down again but yeah yeah <laughs>
2: um a few decades earlier, in an explosion at the mine, trapped six miners underground. One, Harry Warden, survived, through though in a deranged state. Warden is sent to a mental hospital, but escapes and murders those he deems responsible for the mine accident. Now people are being brutally murdered again, and the town's folks suspect that it is the work of Harry Warden. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the plot. I thought it was. Uh, I always thought it was five people, and he ate four of them. I mean, he had to eat a bunch of them because he. they say in the film he was down there for like six weeks. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, yeah. and we know of mine accidents that have happened here, too. Uh, um, mm-hmm. our, uh, Cole County Brewing Company is um, down in um, Evansburg, Pennsylvania. And the the Cole County, uh, they named that after a mine accident
2: where 16 people were trapped in a mine
1: yeah. for quite a few yeah. times.
2: So, yeah, it definitely happens. And I mean yes, and yeah, here in here in Nova Scotia, especially in Cape Breton, which is like, for people who don't know, it's kind of like the island part of Nova Scotia that's like disconnected from the mainland. Basically, it's it's like if if you're looking at Nova Scotia as a fish that's pointing southward, you know, it's like the tail of the fish kind of thing. It, it way it's, up there, and lots of mining in there. There's been mining accidents there, um, and yeah, it. it well, we'll get into it, but I mean, like, this movie does ring true about a lot of, like, East Coast Canadian small town stuff. right? Very much right. so.
1: When's the first time you saw this, Paul? This I saw this on VHS when I was a young wee scallywag. Um, my mom, it's one of those ones that we bought with, uh, from Powerhouse Video back in the day where Tuesdays were 99 cent rentals. And you could rent everything for 99 cents, but a a sad, it's a, it's an old story that I tell now and again, it had a hell, I mean, a hell of a horror selection, but there was apartments above it and somebody let their apartment flood and it ruined the tape collection. So they had to throw it all away. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, it had crazy ass VHSs. So yeah, I, I saw this way back then, uh, way back when I was a kid, um, I've seen it a few times since then. Obviously, I own it on VHS and DVD. I haven't watched it recently, but I will say, when I do watch it, by the end of it, where he's doing his little soliloquy to, to or whatever to, to Sarah, I go, why, why don't I watch this more?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I actually kind of had some of the same thoughts when I started watching this, too, because it had been a while since I'd seen it as well. And I'm like... I keep forgetting how good this actually is. Like, mm-hmm. and also, it, of course, it kind of sp- speaks to me as like a, a Nova Scotian kid. Like, I oh yeah, absolutely. I, 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 like the fucking the fucking moose head that's all over this fucking thing. Like <laughs> the moose head beer. Um, although there is Schlitz as well. I I saw a <laughs> Schlitz can at one point, yeah. right? But like there's definitely an era of Canadian small town life on the East coast that is actually kind of captured here. That doesn't really exist anymore. Maybe in Newfoundland, maybe, but not so much here because. So you're you're
1: picking up what what I'm already going to say too. It's like that whole, that small town. The thing I like about this film is everything's slow it's a mm-hmm. slow thing everything like there's no rush to this film and not in a bad way I'm just saying there's yeah. no rush to this film no there's no hustle and bustle the town has three thousand one hundred and twenty eight people or whatever and you see six of them yeah yeah you know, I like I really enjoy that about the film it has that kind of it takes me back when I watch it
2: yeah and like everything feels really authentic too like I'm watching this and I'm like no, I buy that. Like, this is what, you know, like, my parents' generation would have been like around this time because re- technically pretty much close to the same age. Maybe my parents were a bit older than the people that are represented here, you know. You know, they're the, the official age they're supposed to be, at least in, in, right. in, the, uh, in the movie, right? But, um, but, yeah, I'm watching this and I'm like. Yeah, moose hit everywhere. The The bar looks authentic to what, like, a Canadian East Coast bar would look like around the time. Every, the clothes are all spot on. Like, mm-hmm. and, and just the whole, like, this town is built around this mine. And, like, everything is about the mine. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we have two characters in this that one is sort of talked about coming back from the West coast. And, um, the other one, uh, it's, it's, it's not Axel. It's, it's the other guy, the other main TJ. guy, TJ. Yeah. He's come back from the West coast after failing to make his fortunes over there. And like that really speaks to East coast, uh, Canada because well,
1: it, actually it speaks to East coast America as well. Okay. Because it's the same yeah. thing. Everyone wanted to go west. Big, yeah, yeah. big, become big. Do this, do this, west, west, west. I have buddies that are still moving west because it's the promised land. And then, like, they're sleeping on people's couches.
2: Yeah, because, so like... Because, you know, like, so many stories of just people, like, small-town East Coast boy or girl goes, goes west, gets a job on, like, a fucking oil rig or... You know, gets a job in like a, a reservation or something that's super high paying, but like at the same time, you know, they're probably taking tons of money out of you from the back end and whatever, and you get like no vacation time, no real reprieve. You're just like worked like a fucking dog, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the situation here, right? So he's come back to his town after failing to make it out right. in the in the West Coast, yeah. Um. Well,
1: also, too, it's like this film was shot in a real mine. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the real shit. But during that time where for that part of Nova Scotia especially, those mines are closing. Yeah. They're shutting everything down. Same thing that happened in, in America here, especially down in, in uh, western PA and then a little bit south of us. All those mines are closing. People are going out of business. I had an uncle that worked in a in a – coal mine and a steel steel mine that were both closing down in Clarendon. So, I mean, like, same time period.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the mines were closing down here. Um, The the fisheries were drying up, too. Another big thing. You know, just, like, a, a lot of the economy was getting hit, and it's like this is a small town that's like kind of on the brink of just falling off the face of the earth mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? And, well, it just, and
1: I, I like the fact that it, I don't know if they meant to do that on purpose, but it kind of shows it in the film mm-hmm. that you almost feel it like this. This is their big, this is why we're celebrating the, the fourth because we're a bunch of people that still have our
2: hormones
1: and nothing else is going on.
2: Yeah. The, the younger generation is feeling trapped by, the older generation which is like scared shitless of celebrating any something even as innocuous as Valentine's Day you know Mm. this town is dying it's pretty obvious that these all these our main characters are like they want to get out of here at some point Mm. and and you're right like the mine itself is super decrepit like it's it does not look like a a well upkept mine at all it looks like some old fucking some old crazy person in the old west's mine, you know like yeah like an
1: outlaw like a bootlegger's mine or something and, like that yeah
2: yeah yeah so like th- there is a, there is kind of an element of like there's an underground rot in the town kind of thing you know like even even symbolically or whatever yeah i mean honestly
1: um, if, you, if you took the same now that you say that i Sorry, this is my mind going. But mm-hmm. you said about the fisheries. You said about this. You said about the this. They said about the decrepit. The inside, like honestly, you could probably put a Lovecraft story in this. It probably would fit the fucking scenario just as good. You know, yeah, you like could, a, a, a upwardly guy coming into the town for for some reason. Like you know what I mean? Like, and then all these backwards people looking at him and being very aloof. And then there's some hits hidden secret kind of thing that could have been pretty you, good too. You could
2: easily do a on story in this absolutely yeah you could like just i'm just thinking like you know the older generation are keeping the younger generation pinned in for the perfect time to like sacrifice them to dagon or something you know exactly. easily yeah. you easily do that yeah thing
1: there is no like the only weird thing about the film, if you really think about it, and you don't, you don't think about this generally because you're so hooked into the film because the film moves along well, the people are, you know, you can kind of relate to them. The, did you notice that the 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 twenty five to twenty to thirty five year old people are being so childlike? You forget there's no teenagers. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You know what I mean? Like they're being yeah. so childlike, you forget that that this isn't a high school play, kids. Like this is, these are adults.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, again, it speaks to it speaks to like this this town's dying. Like there is no younger generation shown under uh, uh, you know under our main characters. Like there, there's there's right. no like there's no real kids going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's no it's,
1: foundation. Nobody's planning for a future because there is no future. Yeah. Almost, we don't have enough money to buy a house and get a thing and raise kids. I guess it speaks to the to the old uh, the whole setting of the place.
2: Like, yeah, honestly, when you think about it, like the age range that these people would be, and you know like late seventies, early eighties would be tw- twenty five to thirty five right, yeah, this is the generation that may not be able to afford their own house, like their parents, right. Would. Yeah. You know what the funny thing
1: is? This is an amazing statement right now. We're we're talking about this in a very grandiose way. When I was driving home, I was doing my brain thing and talking about mm. this film in my brain because I haven't seen it in a long time. I go, "Well, at least there's no social
2: political talk bullshit going on." With <laughs>
1: them. And you know what? There isn't, but there totally is.
2: Yeah but but the movie but the movie does like you said it moves so quick like it does such a good job of if you just want to enjoy it purely as like a slasher with like great kills and stuff it does that too right yeah yeah we could talk about it here but i'd like the kills are and oh, oh I, I yeah i should ask you this too because like this is notoriously a film that got heavily cut when it first came yes, out Yes very badly cut So what version or versions do you own
1: i i own the uncut version on dvd and then the regular cut version on vhs uh like yeah so i i own the two i don't think i watched the uncut version since i was a kid okay because i have it on vhs but i didn't watch it
2: so the uncut version that you have is that the one where they had not yet like really cleaned up the footage that they restored to it. Like it's noticeably like degraded compared to the other stuff.
1: Well, I noticed um, the one that I have, like you get to see like when the, he gets shot right in the head with the nail. With gun, the yeah. yeah, You get to see that, you hold know, the whole spike shot, his eye mm-hmm. comes out of his head. You get the uh, the starting auger scene. You don't get a full auger scene because they cut – I think they cut that the whole way. So I don't think that's
2: I, – I think they lost that footage. Yeah, yeah
1: that's gone. But the, the uh, her hanging on the hook, which is really nice. I love that chainsaw homage, uh, ripping yeah. his heart out, so putting it into the, the, the thing. So I, I, I think I see most of the stuff that's considered gory. Yeah. Um, that's in it. So so,
2: so I, th- I think we watched the same cut. Like the one I watched uh, online tonight was – I, I think it's from, like, the early 2000s DVD. Okay. Because, like, there's a new screen factory, like, Blu-ray, that they actually took the time to clean up the old footage they put back in. Okay. So, apparently, like, it, it now, like, seamlessly matches with, like, the original theatrical cut. So,
1: oh, I'd be interested. There, I mean... They do have just like a lot of these Blu-rays. The fucking um, cover is amazing. The artwork mm. they did for the cover and stuff like that. I don't. I have.
2: Uh, I have the Howling with that cover, and it is awesome. Nice. nice. Yeah, but I don't have. Yeah. I don't have that one yet. I just, I just love like I remember seeing this VHS so many times as a kid, and I just love that original poster art where it's just the miner's mask the with the head, yeah, yeah, and, and it's got the light going, and and the and the victims are all in the miner's light, and the blood on the fucking front of the mask, and yeah, simplistic shit. and brutal, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite? What's your favorite kill on this? My favorite kill.
1: I really actually like the surprise one end that is so cheesy. You know it's coming where she gets it right to the gut. Oh yeah, yeah. What are
0: you doing? There you go.
1: (laughs) But I mean, for comic sake, I'm trying to think which one I really like the best. Um, I like the Beef Franks. That's always fun. Uh, I think that was always good. But I think the one that I always have to go to for I just really like it. Is I'm going to go right back to Friday the 13th that happened just a little bit before. You're all doomed. When, t- when he gets it, just the same thing where he starts to play the, the joke on, uh, on the people I put in the fake yeah. uh, Harry Warden thing. And he opens it up and oh, right there, and the eye pops out too. It's like, yeah, yeah. oh, that's so good.
2: That's, that's a that's great so one. Good. I love it. Uh- I think I think for me it's it's not so much the kill it's the aftermath it's it's the it's the old lady who gets it in the dryer where no I love the after
1: I don't yeah. you don't you don't see the kill yeah you see the kill a little bit she he gets the she gets it but the aftermath I'll have to agree with the aftermath the aftermath of the lady in the dryer is so fucking fantastic but if you want just a one hundred percent here's the kill shot that's the one for me
2: yeah the, the effects in this are like the blue the the glaze burp like. Torch blue eyes of
1: the victim that comes mm-hmm. out of that, uh, and I like the fact that it's still going, and he has to stop. I love yeah. the fact that the, the 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 cop it shows you like what cops. I don't, I don't know. I feel like it really shows you what cops have to deal with, but cops like have to deal with shit like that mm. instead of just running. Like I would just run out of the fucking place. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm gone." But no, he has to compose himself and shut the
2: fucking thing off. You know, I mean, like that's not normal for humanity. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Especially, again, this is like a, a small East Coast town where there's barely ever any crime. There's almost certainly no murders, really. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: it kind of, it kind of actually. Um, spoiler alert! It kind of goes with what the next show we're gonna watch next. Mm. It, some people are not built to deal all this shit all so quick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i will say this one also has like a a boiling pot death that's not nearly as good as the sleep sweep away camp one with the like the the, the blood the blisters on the face you know but it's still pretty good it's oh the, no uh, yeah
1: the, no yeah the pot is not as good no the, the 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 lobster pot was not a bubbling away like the other one with the corn pot for sure
2: yeah, yeah. and i'll I, I will say like Boiling, boiling hot dogs—that's authentically uh, East Coast Canadian thing at the yep. very least. No, like, I boil the hot
1: dogs too, so we get it.
2: Yeah, I was like,
1: we oh try. boy. I was just like, oh, I, grew, I grew up with boiled hot dogs, so I know all about it. Beef Franks.
2: mm mm-hmm. I
1: was like, I, think, I was I was trying to think of that the person's name that got killed because there's probably a beef Frank joke in there somewhere.
2: Maybe I don't know. It yeah, probably is. Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even recognize that character necessarily. Like he just comes in and he's he this pretty boy, and it's like, hey, how you doing? And then he sees one of the girls like eating hot dogs, and he's like, oh, I'm feeling hungry, you know? Like, oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. The whole banana,
1: the whole banana gag.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> at some
1: point in time, I gotta watch this back. But apparently, at some point in time, like when they go down to the mine or something, someone's drinking a beer, mm-hmm. and when they tip it back, you can see you can clearly see the hole where the beer got drained out. Oh really? Yeah, that's that's
2: disappointing. Yeah, uh, so I got to do that. I will say, like, maybe if I have any sort of criticism for this, is like when the second, you know, the, the second killer, and for a lot of lot of the movie, they're speculating, like, oh, Harry Warden's back because you know, because they they can't they can't uh, like the, in, the, in the story, Harry Warden kills a couple people as revenge for being trapped down in the mud. yeah, and he goes to. to yeah, then he goes to a mental hospital or whatever, right? And then he they call the mental hospital, but no one's no one's there at the time, which also feels kind of authentic because pretty much everything shuts down at like ten o'clock at night on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, the killer is choosing victims almost at random here for the most part, which is mm-hmm. like okay, like that—that's a slasher thing. But I feel like you know. It's a little beneath a slasher that's this good. It, maybe the victims should have been a little bit more well targeted.
1: No, I mean like the first guy who they, the first two he killed only two people, mm-hmm. two specific people. Yeah. So now that you're just supposed to man, like they're gonna kill everybody with a Valentine sign on their the door or anybody that's trying to put something together, anything at all. Like yeah. they're gonna kill the whole town.
2: Um. But I will say, when I was watching it this time, this made me think of House of Death in a lot of ways, um, where it's just, like, about a small town, and, like, you're just hanging out with these people. Because, you know, like, House of Death had famously, like, there's no real kills, uh, like, there's the opening kill, and then there's no other kills for, like, 40 minutes in the film or whatever, and then it's just like, hey, let's hang out at the county fair or whatever the fuck, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. but like, this is like house of death, but they actually sprinkle the kills in every once in a while to keep that kind of going. And so that's why I kind of like, I like the pacing of this film a lot better than like house of death, which I, you know, I, if a guilty pleasure exists, that's a guilty pleasure slasher for me. Cause I, I still <laughs> really love that film.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, this one too, like you can see people like purposely making bad decisions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's still part of the mind. Why do you like, I have never in my life got a group of people together that I work with and go, Hey, let's go to work and have fun.
2: Yeah. Like the opening scene in this film, it's, this is the plan. This is where we're going to go. Fuck. We're going to like, I I guess it's supposed to be like more kinky than usual because yeah. 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 But, but at the same time, it's like, you can wear those fucking miners costumes somewhere else. Like, you, you know, yeah. yeah. It's called
1: role-playing. Like, yeah. like, oh no, I'm going to be a horse and you're going to be this. And like, we'll go to the
2: petting zoo. No. <laughs> we'll just do it in our bedroom. I will say this this film does do a good job of keeping who the killer is a mystery. They, they throw a couple red herrings out there. Not a lot, really. Like, they no. don't go overboard on any of that. But but it's very much like, it, it keeps it in your in, in the forefront of your mind. Oh, it's Harry Warden. Harry Warden's back. Everyone's saying it. You don't really know who the killer is. And I mean, they actually, when they were filming this, they never, they did that thing where they didn't tell the actors who the killer actually was until like the last scene when they revealed it. Right, so.
1: Until they read the script and realized who else was getting killed.
2: Yeah. And they're like,
1: ah, oh, I see. I see. <laughs> uh, do you have
2: any final Thoughts you want to put out? there? About thoughts. This
1: um, again, this is one when I watch it, I do go, why don't I watch this more? I think it's uh, perfectly timed, perfectly paced. I think the, again, the the childlike enthusiasm of the people don't get annoying, but mm-hmm. it like kind of like removes your mindset of like what age they are and like why aren't there other teenagers? Why aren't or teenagers? Why aren't there like a high school thing going on? Like, like it it just takes all those lingering questions you would have on other ones and kind of pushes it away um i do like the desolation of the town it does make uh, actually the more we talked about it, more it makes more and more, more sense you know it actually opens up thought processes that weren't there before but the other thing was this is a film that did not need a fucking remake
2: i i agree but at the same time i will say the remake isn't terrible i
1: haven't watched it but i said it didn't need it
2: I, <laughs> like, I No, like, i i'm in total agreement it did not need a remake
1: Uh, The only thing I I would say, if I ever had to, like, you know, redo the original, I would say put way more tits in it. Way, Mm -hmm. like, like, lots and lots of tits.
2: That's true. There is, like, really no sex in this. No. And that means...
1: Like, if we're going down an old mine, you all should be naked in the elevator. Let's just,
2: like, let's not even fuck around. I was actually, yeah, like... I misremembered this. I was surprised. Like I had remembered it. Like the opening girl takes her bra off and it's like, wait, nope. no, she doesn't no. no,
1: It's straight to the heart.
2: Yeah. It's a
1: totally eclipse of the heart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. I, I like this one even more after this watch. And I've liked this one quite a bit for quite a while. And, uh, I do
1: enjoy hearing as a, a Nova Scotia boy here in the, the, the ns love yeah Got a lot of, like when i watch all these like um blood uh you know all the 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 um i can't even think right now but all the, the the john russo stuff that i watch and shit like that mm-hmm. all the
2: PhD, and i just absolutely fucking love it so yeah i'm having like a paul moment for this one yeah, yeah you're like kinda, you're
1: having yeah. like the flesh eater motor man like all these fucking things it's just so good
2: <laughs> Yeah, you're
1: having you're having a little PA moment right now. That's good.
2: Yeah. Uh so budget for this was 2.3 million and the overall box office was 5.7 which around this time pretty good because I don't think there was a big advertising budget or anything like that. Um but at the same time not good enough for the producers when they looked at like, you know, Friday the 13th and the kind of shit they were doing right, you know. They were doing like way more, you know, they were like Tripling, quadrupling their budgets in in, 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 in shit. So, um, but yeah, it's funny. Like, had this gone more extreme, I get the feeling maybe it would have gotten more
1: money. what, if there was more sex, it would have it would went.
2: Mm-hmm. Because uh, a, there's there's quite a few reviewers around the time that you know did positive reviews of this film. That applauded it for being restrained, quote unquote, because the kill scenes were so cut down, brief to like brief seconds. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, at the same time, like that wasn't even them. They they made, like even the, the people making love had a big auger ran through them, mm-hmm. and that would have been something that people would have probably bought the film just to see. Oh yeah, you know, uh, especially if someone would have described it like, I gotta see this and they cut that whole like the government i guess cut the whole thing out. I mean i know i know at the same time they had that kind of thing where john lennon just passed away so they wanted to cut yes. things back because of
2: that shit. Yeah. So i mean they used it as an excuse anyway, but that's uh, what I, they used. It. I will say the auger thing um, i watched this and it wasn't great but it, they did a there was a fan film that's on youtube for, mm-hmm. for this, that's like set like I don't know 20 30 years later or whatever the fuck, you know. And they actually do they recreate the auger kill and actually show it,
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: not great, but it's not well done. Like, there it, it's pretty poorly done, but right. uh, yeah, I, I would love the like if someone had found the actual footage because uh, the director says there's like there's at least like eight or nine minutes still that are missing that just oh, are, are, okay. are gone because all that's restored in the current editions is like three minutes worth of footage okay. um, but there you know there's like there's still the auger kill all the other stuff I guess is just incidental stuff like extra dialogue and shit like that I'd mm-hmm. love to see it all though you know Right, but but uh, yeah, uh, releases for this 4k blu-ray DVD blu-ray iTunes Google Play Amazon Prime Vudu Uh, You can find it anywhere. It's Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to find. A little bit of trivia before we get out of here. The filming location, Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia, a small Canadian coal mining town. The The area is filled with closed pit mines, bootleg mines, and underground mines, which were shutting down, as we were saying, due to the economic and environmental issues. Uh, at the time, filming took place. Since then, the mine used as the uh, Herringer Mine, called the Prince's Colliery Mine in real life, has been dismantled, buried, and turned into a park museum. Okay. Oh. Well, you can go there uh, as a park, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of interested in maybe doing that. Um, in an interview with TerrorTrap.com, which is a really great website, by the way, if you want to, like, see really well-done horror reviews, Um, and they've been around since, like, the Internet's been a thing. Uh, Director George uh, McCullough said that the shooting location at Sydney Mines, Nova Scotia, was chosen because of its rustic atmosphere appearance. However, when the locals found out that a movie was to be shot, uh, they decided to spend $50,000 to have the mine painted and cleaned. This, of course, diminished the reason that the production wanted the location to begin with, and so, uh, the director had, uh, to spend $75,000 of the film's budget to turn it, return it to its original condition. Oh, God. <laughs> Just give seventy
1: five to the crew, the, for the place, and say, stop it. Oh,
2: um, my God. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we've, that, that is it for the trivia, and, uh, yeah, that, that's it for this, uh, bonus episode, and, uh. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, Paul. This was a fun discussion. Uh, I, think a, I think we had a deeper discussion than we were both expecting on, on this one. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're gonna get out of here and uh, until the next time, goodbye.
1: Cheers. <laughs>
0: Once upon a time, what a sad valentine. In a place known as Haniger Mine A legend began Every woman and man Would always remember the time And those who remained Were never the same You could see the fear in their eyes Once every year As the 14th draws near There's a hush all over the town For the legend they say on a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know as the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago Twenty years came and went And everyone spent the 14th in quiet regret And those still alive know the secret survives In the darkness that looms in the night For the legend they say on a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know as the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago In this little town when the 14th comes round There's a silence and fear in the air Remember the morn that the legend was born All the shock and the horror was there Oh, the legend they say on a Valentine's Day Is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know As the years come and go Of the horror from long time ago and no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago.
2: You've been listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.